It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham here on Talk Radio. The excitement of yesterday in Westminster has passed and it looks as though the immediate danger has also passed for Theresa May and the threatened Brexit rebellion. She's not out of the woods yet, but she's looking a lot less vulnerable than she did 24 hours ago. And what on earth does it tell you about the state of the people trying to dislodge her? They can't even organise to get 48 names on a piece of paper to ask for a vote of no confidence. What a complete and utter shower of absolute idiots. This morning, we're taking a stroll through Wild West Britain and it is not a pretty sight. Frontline police officers getting attacked in the streets, stabbing statistics dramatically up, and now warnings that dangerous thugs might never be arrested because the public won't help. Apparently, the Police Federation chief, a guy by the name of Ken Marsh, says the public need to help out if they see a police officer being beaten up in the streets. What on earth has the world come to? Now add to that the ridiculous state of affairs at the parole board where black cab rapist John Warboys has now been ruled too big a risk to be freed from his prison sentence, a complete reversal of the decision made some months ago. What on earth is going on in our justice system? 0344 499 1000. Coming up later on, I'll be asking why posh accents are not so unfashionable uh, that no one now wants to hear one in an advert and why living in a cold, dark climate actually makes you drink more alcohol despite all the latest warnings to drink less. We've got loads more going on, and most of all, of course, we want to hear from you as well. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, most of you listening to this radio show will know uh, and will have seen the terrible, awful, sickening video uh, of a police officer being kung fu kicked very nearly into the path of a bus. A woman who uh, signed up to create law and order in this country, a woman who should be protected by the uniform that she wears, a woman uh, who should be respected even by those horrible thugs that are trying to kick her into the path of a bus. She narrowly escaped being run over. All of this happened in a confrontation in Wimbledon in what is now being described as the latest episode uh, in the Wild West. West Britain that we now live in. The problem here is that Ken Marsh, who represents about 30,000 of the rank and file uh, police officers with the Police Federation, he's the chairman. He says the problem we've got here is that people simply don't want to help the police out. Well, there's a very good reason for that, Mr. Marsh. The reason that people don't want to help the police out is because, quite frankly, one, they don't trust the police anymore. Two, they don't know what will happen if they do step in to any kind of confrontation, never mind one uh, that involves the police. And three, quite frankly, 
Anybody would have to be completely and utter stark staring bonkers to put themselves in the line of fire where someone might have a knife, where someone might have a gun, where someone might even actually be so heartless and disgracefully high on drugs that they have no idea what they're doing. You could end up dead stepping into a situation like that. You are not necessarily properly trained for it. And quite frankly, I think this Ken Marsh guy is very, very irresponsible to even say what he has said. We're going to talk a lot about this this morning because Wild West Britain is where we are. Wild West Britain is where we should not be. And I want to hear from you about what we do about this. 03444991000. It's not just as simple as not having enough police officers on the street. It is not just as simple as re-educating people about how to get self-defence lessons. It is not that straightforward. I'll tell you why it's not. Because the Department of Justice, through the parole board, is also freeing people who should not be freed out of prison because they're too damn dangerous. 03444991000 is the number. Let's talk to Chris Hobbs, a former Met Police officer himself. Chris, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Yeah, good morning. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. This is kind of the world being turned upside down, isn't it, Chris? I mean, we've been told for years as as individual punters, don't get involved uh, in situations that are likely to lead to criminal activity or indeed assault and possibly very serious injury. You know, call the police and let the police deal with it. Now we're hearing something completely different. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we always have had situations, haven't we, where police have got in trouble and... Even in this incident that was filmed, you did get members of the public going to assist the police officer um, and securing at least one arrest, not the guy who who kicked. So you do often get members of the public um, joining in, as it were, assisting police, but not all the time. I think what frustrates Ken Marsh is where you get people filming an incident on their mobile phone where police are getting attacked and they're not even taking the trouble to dial 999 mm. you know, to get that extra help for police. All right, the police have got radios. Sometimes they can't always get to them. And at least if you dial 999, you know, it's a, it's a reinforcement. You know, you will get that assistance to the police officer. Um, but what so, is but... going on with our police officers, Chris? If one, they are being attacked. So there's two issues here. There's one uh, that the ordinary punters, criminals think they can attack the police with impunity without being punished. And two, uh, without being scared to do so. I remember when I was growing up, you wouldn't dream of going anywhere near a police officer in case you got your head staved in. Well, it's all about choices and consequences, isn't it? Mm. They choose to attack the police. There is this momentum against police. If you look very often in the media, I mean, the media this morning is fairly sympathetic, and I've been quoted in two newspapers, um, to the plight of those officers. But often you get this business, don't you, of police officers sitting around having a cup of coffee and they're condemned for it. It's almost as if news editors go on the hunt for anti-police stories. And when you've got Theresa May... Well, you don't really have to, do you? When you have the police saying things like, please call us in Yorkshire if you think uh, somebody has said something that might upset somebody, even though it might not be a criminal offence. Of course they're going to have the, uh, the mickey taken out of them. Yeah, but let's, let's face it, we've got two situations here, haven't we? We've got the situation about the police on the ground, the ones on the front line, the very thin front line, um, often single crewed, for example, in parts of Yorkshire, they're, they're, they're single crewed, very, very dangerous for them going into a situation. And then, of course, you've got the bosses. You've got the Home Office with their campaign against hate crime, and you've got PCCs, um, some of them politically correct, um, and you've got the police senior officers. And below them, of course, you've got the poor 
the poor bloody infantry, so yes, to speak, indeed. on the front line, who have somehow to implement these grand sort of statements that people from above impose on now, them. Now, all of those statements are true that you've just said, Chris. However, how does that then come down to the lap of the individual uh, sort of uh, customer, if you like, in this country, i.e. the general public, to somehow bail them out? Well, in fact, the police, I mean, you, you mentioned about, and you often read about lack of public support for the police, but every, and we've just had another poll, um, a veracity poll by Ipsos, saying that the police enjoy almost the confidence and trust of three quarters of the members of the public. So I think there is um, support for the police amongst the general public, amongst the law-abiding general public. But what you've got, of course, is a situation on our streets um, that's been allowed to develop by lack of police numbers, and that is part of it, lack of community policing, police getting out in those difficult communities on foot patrol, They've simply been forced Well, there was no the shortage cut. of police to be found to police all of the uh, uh, anti-climate change protesters over the weekend. I mean, there were, bu- there were whole boatloads of them sitting on bridges, closing bridges down and stopping the traffic. Well, yes, that's right. So um, where did they all come from? Well, if you've got... Well, but they're taken from other... You know, their other work, a lot of them are what... Some of them are TSG, and that's their job, to deal with public order. Some of them are level twos, um who are taking them from <clears throat> ordinary policing, but they're specially trained in control. And yes, there were a lot of police there. And yes, it, it did seem a peaceful Because that's, an easy, that's a relatively easy gig for them, isn't it? They can sit there, uh, they can chat to each other, chat amongst themselves, uh, keep an eye on a few things and get paid some nice overtime. So you can't make the, the argument both ways. You can't say, on the one hand, we haven't got enough police. And on the other hand, we've got loads of police to go and sit o- overlooking a demonstration. Well, yeah, but, that, yeah, but you're, you're then denuding, you'll cancel rest days... So some of those officers well, somebody's will be making that decision, Chris. What I'm saying to you is, is it's not true to say there's not enough police. It's just no, that they're no. not being managed properly. There's not enough police. Have you actually looked at the number of police officers we have in this country compared to other countries? We are towards the bottom of the European League in terms of police officers per 100,000 of the population. Well, I wouldn't, towards, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that France is any safer than Britain is because they've got more no, police. No, perhaps it isn't, around. and perhaps they don't, but they've got almost 100,000 more police officers than we've got. Well, in France? Yourself. Yes. Well, it's a much bigger country. Well, it is, but it's got a similar population to the population that we've got. And again, if you look at per 100,000 of the population, we are towards the bottom of the European League. And even before these cuts, we were towards the bottom. Yeah, but now, I'm not buying the cuts argument anymore, Chris, because, well, like I said, there's plenty of police out there just not being used in the right way, surely. If you've got police officers, for example, in the CID, and no-one wants to be a CID officer these days... <coughs> If you've got CID officers trying to manage 20, 30, 40 cases at once, then that's why police officers don't want to join the CID. If you've got police officers having to spend 60, 70 percent of their time dealing with non-crime matters, having to sit on mental health patients for 30 hours at a time, having to deal with tens of thousands of missing persons, many of them children and young people, you know, every year, hundreds in a day, that's where a lot of the police resources go. Most of it is on non-crime matters. And, uh, you know, that's something well, that's that has clearly to be ridiculous. Done. So it's not true to say there's not enough people then. Let's just get to the heart of the matter and admit, Chris, that there are enough people, there's just not enough people doing the right things. No. What it is is that other services, for example, social services, mental health services, NHS services, they failed. 
you know... I, we, no, it, listen, it, I don't it, disagree with that. I don't disagree with that, Chris, but can we please just agree that actually there are plenty of police officers, but they're doing the wrong thing? If you, Yeah, but it's not their fault. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm saying, if, they're, if they're, I'm saying let's forget this shibboleth that there aren't enough police officers, because there are. Well, even if the police officers concentrated 100% on crime and community policing, yeah. you would still have them towards the bottom of the league and they would still be under pressure. I'm Make sure no they would. It's a very difficult job and they have my sympathy, Chris, but what they don't have uh, is not enough people because there are plenty of people, as I've said, at the weekend you can always find plenty of cops to come and police a demonstration. Yes, Absolutely because you've, no got, problem you've, at all. Got, you've got hundreds of thousands of people on that demonstration, or tens of thousands of people on that demonstration. You've got, you've got all the bridges obstructed You've got traffic chaos all You've around those bridges. You've got traffic chaos because they obstructed the bridges. Why not just arrest the idiots sitting down on the bridges instead of stopping the traffic? Well, then you would need more police, wouldn't you? Why? You need two, you need two police officers per arrest. Yeah. So if you've got 10,000 people out there on the bridges... Well, there weren't 10,000 people sitting down, were there? Well, it depends what estimates you've got, but there were 10,000 people... Well, I saw people. them. There was, well, so a few dozen. there was a few dozen. I mean, no, 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 on the videos I saw, there were there were hundreds, well, thousands on the bridges. So I don't know which bridge you saw, but right. I was following right, well, it on how about, this? how about this for a radical idea? Why don't you just block the demo from going on the bridge and then you can let the traffic go and then you don't have travel chaos? Well, that's right, but then you'd have travel chaos which, whichever side you put the police cordons on. OK, well, then maybe you ban the, ban the demonstration. Let them have it in the middle of the countryside. Well, then you need the police to enforce the ban. Exactly. But the point is, you know, there are many, many solutions to all of this, Chris. My point is, and let's get back to the salient point at hand, which is the police asking for the public to help them out with the bad guys is a terrible idea, isn't it? Think of all the things that could go wrong. Well, that's right. But it's the public, you know, but at the very least, you can perhaps intervene, as I say, phone calls, you can perhaps shout, look at some of the old grannies who wade in and assist the police. I think what, what Ken Marsh is saying, in actual fact, is that on the streets the police need more support. And what you're getting in some of these areas um, is, in fact, all you get, especially at night, you've got collections of yobs. It's the yobs that are filming, it's the yobs that are jeering, it's the yobs who are not assisting. Um, and that's something really that, that is untenable. And what Ken Marsh is saying now is that police will have to dynamically risk assess situations. And if they feel it's a situation that, frankly, they're going to be overwhelmed in dealing with, then they might have to stand back. Um, which so is... what, what he's effectively saying is they're going to let bad guys get away with whatever they want to do because they're too frightened to attack them and too frightened to arrest them. That is not the police force that I was brought up with. That is not a police force that I think is doing its job. The police is there to protect the good uh, and decent people in this society, not to stand by because the so-called good and decent people aren't helping them arrest the bad guys. What's the point of having a police officer if they can't arrest someone? Well, that's very simplistic, isn't it? Because well, it's if, true. If, 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 you're a lone, if you're a lone police officer, uh, single crewed with backup miles away, and you're called to say, let's just say to a gang of violent youths looting a shop, are you, as that single police officer, then going to wade in to this gang? Well, of yeah, thugs? you're going to call for backup and you're going to go and arrest them all. That's what the police are for. 
Yes, wrong? and how long, how long is your backup going to be away? And well, when I'm not backup... sure. I'm not sure, Chris. All I can tell you well, because, is, is that the police because force because that, because that you're I... describing is not the police. You're describing some kind of yeah, community I'll activist. Tell you what, if you'd like, Mike, I'll send you a montage over the last year of all the police officers who've been attacked and badly hurt mm. doing the very things you are asking them to do. At the moment, assaults on police and the severity of those assaults. And why is that? Why is that? Well, yeah. because our society has become more violent. We've got sentences that aren't a deterrent. Yeah. You've got police, people who are attacking police officers who, when they go to court, are getting suspended sentences yeah. in community service. Well, that's part two of my argument, because the justice system is not working properly either, Chris. Yes, and I'm going if, to talk... if you're, if you're, what you're doing is accusing police of being cowards... That's um, not what I'm be... doing. I think you're getting paranoid now. What I'm saying is, is that if you're a police officer, your job is to is to carry out the law of the land. And if that sometimes involves physical threats and physical violence, then you have to be the one making the physical violence, not the other way around. Surely. If you look at if you look at the number of police officers that are doing precisely that and being badly assaulted because of it, you know, police officers are getting stuck in and they are getting badly hurt as a result. And they're still not, in some cases, managing to arrest the thugs. If it hadn't been for that member of the public um, in that incident that's on video, quite possibly that guy would have got away. And as it was, the Kung Fu merchant, the one who actually Kung Fu kicked the female officer, has for the moment got away. Which is outrageous in my view. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, we've been talking all morning about the state of the police force in this country. Ken Marsh, who's the guy who's in charge of the Police Federation, which is counting about 30,000 police officers uh, among its membership, uh, says that basically uh, we stand about and we take pictures and and shoot video of police officers getting attacked. This is referencing the terrible attack that took place in Wimbledon just the other day. Uh, It was filmed by somebody else uh, who put it out in a rather mocking way of the police. It was a shocking event. Uh, However, uh, calling for ordinary members of the public to intervene where police officers getting attacked I think is crazy uh, we were talking earlier to Chris Hobbs a former Metropolitan Police officer he told me it's because they haven't got enough police I don't think that's true let's talk to Kelly J uh, who's calling in from Bath hello Kelly hello good morning good morning what would you like to say well in February of this year I was interviewed under caution by the West Yorkshire Police mm. who came all the way from West Yorkshire to Wiltshire okay spent money on staying in a hotel uh, both a marginally qualified police officer and then a hate crime officer. Okay. And And why was that? Oh, six tweets. I mean, you know, practical uh, terrorism. Okay. So I tweeted against um, Susie Green, who's the CEO of Mermaids, who took her 16-year-old son to Thailand and had him castrated. Uh, So he's the youngest person in the world to have sex reassignment surgery, and I said that I thought that was disgusting. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and the police... Um, and somebody must have reported that, presumably. Yeah, she did. Right. Okay. <laughs> she seems to have them on fast dial. Right. But um, this partic- uh, I think there's, there's an overwhelming desire for the police to be politically correct, which yes. I don't actually think serves the public very well. No, it doesn't. And I've had these conversations with the police for many a year where I've said, you know, it's all very well saying there's not enough police um, or it's the fault of the government. The bottom line is, is that the people running the police force are now making decisions based not upon safeguarding the public, but based upon what I think is an easy way of getting convictions. Yeah, I'd agree. I had the police around here because there's a website devoted to me and um, my children and where, we go, where they go to school and what they look like and photos that have been harvested. 
and that isn't a crime. And what was uh, hysterical is the police officer was both dismissive, nonchalant, and also wouldn't leave. Right. Um, and apparently there's a little bit of a... When a they came to your house, Kelly, did, were mm. you in, did you have to let them in? Did they demand that you let them in? Uh, no, no. They, so when they, I wasn't arrested, I was just interviewed. Under, I was told if I didn't attend the interview, they would arrest me okay. and prevent me from leaving the country. Right. Um, but it's, but it, even the even the employment and the budget that goes into diversity, inclusion, and uh, hate crime officers. I just think, as a as a member of this, uh, you know, as a member of the public, mm. I want to know if somebody's in my house burgling my house, I can phone the police and they will come. Yes. And beyond that. I don't want to see, I don't really care for them to wear rainbow laces. Um, I don't want to see them masking their cars and doing nice little rainbow colours right. or uh, whatever political agenda they have. Um, I just think... Or dancing, what, you don't like dancing at the Notting Hill Carnival? I don't mind a police person <laughs> being a human being. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm not particularly interested. There's one police officer in um, West Yorkshire who's got a Twitter account and he puts, like, hero of the day. Right. Or he'll say how dreadful Margaret Thatcher is. Now, I don't really need to know their political leanings. No, exactly right. I don't right. think it's important. There is an awful lot of virtue signalling going on. Kelly, thanks very much indeed for your call. Kelly J there from Bath in Somerset. Rick uh, is in Stourbridge. Hello, Rick. Hi, Mike. You're yeah, right. hi. You're very well. What do you want to say? Yeah, Mike, I'm a serving officer, um, and I've been in these situations where you turn up and there are four or five people really going at it. Right. And uh, times where people have laid their hands on me, um, and it's got very violent. Right. Now, what I'd say is, you know, I love the Police Federation. I think they do a hell of a job sometimes. But what sort of person fights with a police officer? Well, exactly. And do you want to get involved in that and potentially put yourself at risk? Yeah. The real problem is officers turning up to these situations on their own. On their own. Mm. I've done it plenty of times where I've turned up to disorders on my own. I'm quite imposing, but I'm, like, I'm over six foot. I'm, you know, about 18 stone. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't matter to some people. It doesn't matter. No. You get the thing but I mean, do you not do you not have a system, Rick, in which it tells you not to turn up on your own? Well, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. But, you know, when people that are officers, you know, they're you know, I'm very proud to have been a police officer, and I'm looking at leaving soon because I've got PTSD, mm. and I've, I, I I attended an incident like this, um, and it, you know, I feared for my life. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Um, now, so the PTSD well, you've well, got well, as a result yeah. of being a police officer. Yeah, yeah, a result of um, being swarmed on by a crowd of people. Okay. Um, whilst I was whilst I was trying to arrest someone. Right. Um, now, would someone have stood up in that position, um, potentially made that worse? I don't know. Well, um, because they would have put what... themselves in danger. Unless there's a lot of them, yeah. I think it's a very bad yeah. idea to give people um, thoughts in their head that they should intervene. Yeah, I think, you know, what it comes down to is police numbers at the end of the day. Single crewing officers, I mean, the situation that I was involved in, there was about four or five of us, and there was about 100 people. Mm. Um, it's not acceptable. It's, it's, it's not possible. Right. Um, we've got to ask ourselves seriously, what kind of police force do we want in this country? And if we want a good, effective force that does its job, we're going to need to pay for it, and we're going to need to do it because I'm telling you, Mike, this is, you know... Th it's only going to get worse now. It's only going to get what's, worse. What's your view, Rick, of why we have so many violent people now who are willing to attack the police? Because it never used to be the case. The state's abandoned its responsibilities. Yeah. That's all I can say. You know, I, 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 I try to be out of politics as much as I can when talking about this specific, you know, matter of the police. 
but you, you've got people, like the town that I police, there are more people in the local McDonald's working at McDonald's mm. than are policing an area. Yeah. But you know, almost, you know, there's tens and tens and tens of thousands of people, and, you know, we're going from job to job to job to job. We're missing things. We're tired. We get, you know, we can't use the toilet. We're getting, I was getting urine infections over and over and over again because I couldn't use the toilet. Right. You know, I was getting assaulted at work. Um, you know, the, the, uh, and you, you know, you, like again, like the turning up to a, a fight on your own isn't. It's not something. You know, they, I mean, they send everyone that they can if they're available. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they're not. But you turn up because it's your duty to turn up. And now with the single crew in, I mean, it's not a new thing, single crew in. It's happened all over the country. Right. But turning up on your own, on your own, you know, and all you've got is this front that used to mean something. A police officer, I tell you, Mike, when I was a young lad, now I've been in trouble with the police when I was a young lad, I would say it, it still, you know, it would, you'd feel the fear, you know, that respect, you know, that, mm. that, that, you know that you'd get in trouble if you met with the police. Now, it's, you know, there's nothing to back that up anymore. No. And, and the kids nowadays, they know that. Yeah, it's a shocking state of affairs. Rick, I really appreciate your call. Thank you. Very interesting. Very, very uh, informative as well. But the question I've also got, and we haven't got time to get you to answer it, Rick, is that how come then, uh, if they've only got one police officer to send to an affray, to a fight, to some kind of bundle that's going on, some kind of disorder, why is it they've got thousands of them that they can draft in to run a bloody march uh, for climate change in uh, London on a Saturday afternoon? The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. The Independent Republic of Mike Gray. On Talk Radio. Independent Republican Mike Graham. We are here on Talk Radio until one o'clock. Matthew Wright coming up, of course, then until four. And then it's Eamon Holmes uh, with the Drive Time Show. We've got loads more to do, including, I mean, it's all very well being told that, you know, you have to cut down your alcohol because you might live longer, seven units instead of 14 a week. I can see the logic of that. But what I can't see the logic of uh, is if you watch more than two hours of TV, it can lead to an early death. We're going to be finding out what that's all about uh, with Dr. Hamish Foster very shortly. Uh, But first, let's go back to your calls on the police front because Colin uh, is in Newcastle. Castle. Hi, Colin. Good morning, Mike. You're morning. Yeah, very What's well. With you? Hey? What's happening with you on your own? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes being on your own is better. Sometimes it's not. It depends on how you feel. Just a curiosity about you talking about how we complete these big events like um, the March the other day, Remembrance Day football, yeah. uh, all these Remembrance Day parades. All this, it's, it's called something we call mutual aid. That's a phrase we use whereby officers from other forces come down and police mm. um, these big events, right. or a lot of officers doing their days off. It's right. a very expensive way of doing it. It is. I mean, officers have gone to Salisbury with a poisoning down there. They've gone to Northern Ireland, yeah. football matches, you name it. Well, the Manchester bombings, a lot of officers went down there. So, um, Do they get a choice in it, off. or do they have to go when ordered? Oh, no, they, 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 they can... They usually generally ask them to do it, because it's on overtime. So, um, you know, the way... The, uh, our overtime rates have been cut back. You know, a lot of officers do it because it, it's, it's a good way of earning overtime. But sure. at the end of the day, you can be ordered to do it. But, but generally, most officers are volunteer, and that's how we do it. Like, like Remembrance Day, that, that's thousands of officers down there. You've got armed officers, specialist sure. officers. It's a big event. So those big events, 
um, costs uh, are usually done, like I said, with officers coming down. I mean, in fact, Theresa May, one of my colleagues, actually went down to London to protect her for a few right. days. Uh, Listen, I'm, days. I'm not suggesting for a minute that the police are somehow to blame for their own problems here. But what I am saying is, is that you can't any longer hide behind this idea that there's not enough cops when there clearly are enough cops to do all sorts of things. And I appreciate what you're saying, uh, that it's different forces and different sections and all of that. But still, overall, there are enough police because otherwise no. we wouldn't be able to no. find enough police to do all the things that they do. No, we, we, we could all work on your days off. The NHS run exactly the same system. A lot of the nurses work on days off uh, to help man the, the NHS. Uh, it, it's, it's a bit like saying the army. The army, you could say the army is short staff, but they can still pull thousands of officers out for soldiers yeah, right. out for... Uh, but that's the point. The and I mean, the reason... I mean, in the NHS is slightly different, actually, because they hire in agency workers, which you can't do, presumably, as the police, and neither can the army. However, you know, my point is still the same, Colin. You know, the police are constantly saying we don't have enough people. And yes, up to a point, that's true. But also up to a point, it's not true, because in fact, there's enough money and enough people to go around. It's just the management are useless. No, the management is down to the Home Office. What I suggest you, might, what you do, get, get there's more civil servants in police than our police officers. So what you need to do is get someone from the Home Office and ask them the questions, why are police officers being told to do this? Get guys aren't the IPCC or the, or the College of Policing or, or Her Majesty Inspectors. So we get thousands of bureaucrats or police and crime commissioners. That's where the real money is. Yeah, no, I, listen, I agree with that. But don't forget, the police and the crime commissioners are running the show. Uh, we've also got individual chief constables running the show. And they're all getting it horribly wrong, Colin. But listen, thanks for your call. We've got to run. 0344 499 1000 uh, is the number to call. Let's talk about uh, what might lead you to an early death. Dr Hamish Foster, fascinatingly, is going to tell you that watching too much TV hours and end uh, is not going to be very good for you. Dr Hamish, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Now, um, I'm not quite sure what the kind of warning is here. Is it that if you're sedentary for too long, it's not good for you? If you're watching something with only your eyes uh, and, and, and your ears being sort of activated, that's bad? What, what, what is it we're talking about here? Well, actually, our study uh, look, used a lifestyle score, which looked at uh, nine different lifestyle factors. So not just TV viewing, but also more traditional lifestyle factors that are more often studied, such as smoking, alcohol, physical uh -huh. activity and diet. But we also looked at sleep duration and uh, TV viewing time. So if, if, if you uh, were categorized as at risk for any one of those factors, then you were given one point and then the number of points were summed up or added up. So you were then categorized into having a healthy score or a moderate right. score or an unhealthy score. Uh, and what we found is that people who are uh, from more deprived areas uh, had a disproportionately uh, raised risk of mortality with an unhealthy lifestyle compared with people mm. from more affluent areas. So that's really the key here, isn't it? I mean, you would not be surprised to find out that people living in poorer areas die younger because they tend to have, uh, as you say, more unhealthy lifestyles and they tend to watch more TV maybe, they tend to smoke more cigarettes and maybe take more drugs. Surely what we should be doing is working out why they do that and what we do to change it. Well, actually, our, uh, the disproportionate harm that we can see that's related to lifestyle factors, we're not clear what the mechanisms are. There may be some truth that uh, there's more intensiveness for each lifestyle factor. So for people in more deprived areas may smoke more than their smoking affluent counterparts. Um, well, they do, however, don't they? 
However, there could also be uh, interactions with more uh, structural factors associated with deprivation, such as poor access to health care or lack of social support. So there's a, there's a multitude of factors going on. Does it, does it matter what sort of TV you're watching? Like, for example, if you're watching the Jeremy Kyle show, uh, who incidentally does a show on talk radio here, so I don't want to say uh, anyone to think that I'm dissing his show, but if you're watching the Jeremy Kyle show as opposed to the BBC News, uh, is that going to be worse for you? Well, of, of course, our research, we didn't look at that at all. We just looked at the, the length of TV viewing to, uh, as to whether or not that could contribute to your unhealthy lifestyle score. Right. But I just want to re-emphasize the fact that we looked at a number of different factors, not just TV viewing. We also looked at a number of dietary factors, physical activity levels, uh, sleep duration, alcohol and smoking. Yeah. But what I'm saying, I suppose, is, is that... Um, you know, if you are watching more than two hours of TV every single day or three or four hours, I mean, people do a lot of binge watching nowadays of, of television. And I appreciate we're not just talking about that, but that's the sort of the headline uh, that we're dealing with here. If you are watching an awful lot of TV on a daily basis, you probably haven't got much else going on in your life because not many of us who are very busy can afford to do that. Well, I just want to clarify as well, because I've seen in the media our papers slightly misreported that this uh, this number of two hours of TV, it's actually uh, four hours in our paper that okay. we classified people as at risk mm. uh, in terms of TV viewing. Um, but it, it, like I say, it's not it's not just TV viewing uh, that leads to this this disproportionate uh, related lifestyle harm. Mm -hmm. and, and what our, our paper is highlighting is this socioeconomic impact on lifestyle-related health. And until we address the socioeconomic factors, we're unlikely to have the greatest impact on mm. lifestyle-related ill health. Right. Have you got any uh, data on listening to the radio, how it makes you more intelligent and therefore probably uh, likely to live longer? <laughs> I don't have any, uh, any <laughs> how disappointing. data like that. How disappointing. <laughs> I thought you were going to cook something up just for this slot. Maybe that can be our uh, next line of work. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as far as, I mean, was anything that you found in this study particularly surprising, something that you weren't expecting? Well, I think it was the, the level of synergy. So this, this sort of multiplier effect that we saw with deprivation. So people from more deprived areas, the deprivation seemed to interact with an unhealthy lifestyle to give you a much higher increased risk of dying uh, than, than we, you might previously have thought. Mm. Uh, so there was this, uh, you know, like I say, an interaction between deprivation and an unhealthy lifestyle that, that gave a, a disproportionate amount of mortality over and above what you'd expect. Okay. Well, it's fascinating stuff. Dr. Hamish Foster, University of Glasgow, thank you very much indeed. Uh, of course, uh, nobody's suggesting that anybody who watches too much television uh, is likely to die younger. But I think like a lot of these studies, unfortunately, what you get is the masking of the real situation uh, and Dr Hamish there wasn't able to quite put his finger on the fact that if you are living in deprived circumstances you're likely to die younger so therefore all the things that you do uh, which might not necessarily cause your early death are likely to be statistically contributing to what it is that the end result becomes uh, let's lead, uh, lead you to a couple of tweets here at Talk Radio uh, Charles says this I thought they already let violent criminals go you just have to watch any fly on the wall cop show and see if they treat persistent criminals as long lost friends I think most people's experience of the police is receiving speed notification letters. Well, that's not very helpful, you'd have to say. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. 
Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.